forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, scary things you tell us about, uh, something you thought that was a ghost that turned out to just be like someone else farting, um, (laughs) haunted shoes being sold on Mm. ebay.com, you know, uh, weird neighbors, um, a scary it's a big time like if your older cousin told you a scary story and then you got so scared you cried and then they were forced to apologize to you and then they were crying and then everyone's just crying um that's what the podcast is about and andrew and i are both comedians so this is like a chatty comedian podcast um yes it is not an official ghost hunter we don't have phds in like bump in the night we simply are two scared people who like being scared who don't like being scared Right. And we, we are unpacking these stories. Um, there are other like podcasts and YouTube channels where people are just like straight up just reading scary stories. And I think that's awesome too. And if that's your vibe, head on over there because you know what, this is, this is about the journey, not the destination for us. Oh, big time. It's very much Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I'm going to communicate entirely through uh bumper sticker slogans this whole episode. Great. <laughs> What's your fave? <laughs> Um, honk if you've been married to Elaine. I, I don't know. That feels like a more specific <laughs> one. Look, maybe going into the Halloween season, there are merch things that we need to prioritize aside from that. But <laughs> unfortunately, that will have to be the first and only thing. <laughs> honk if you've been married to Elaine. Just in case. Imagine spending $20,000 on a car and then putting that on it. Maybe a car I magnet. Know. One time I was in I was in New Hampshire with my brother. We were picking up donuts and the woman in front of us had a uh um a bumper sticker that just said Earl is in the trunk. No. And I was like, "Wow." The fan Who's of that the four? a fan of the chicks. Yeah, ma- oh. Is that a lyric from It's Goodbye, not. Earl? No, but oh, wow. you know, Earl's dead and the sequel, yeah. Uh so Anna, it is a Monday. It's a Monday. And on Mondays, especially this time of year, we read a story from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. Get into it. And it is my turn. And I'm excited about this one because it's a story that I often forget about. It is a great illustration. Um, And it is not a supernatural story, which is always interesting. (sighs) That's fun. Kind of different. Kind of cool. The title? No thanks. Oh, which I forgot that was the title. I had been Googling it as a different title and it oh, I yeah. couldn't find out the okay, title. Okay. Is Thursday nights, Jim worked as a stock boy in one of the malls out on the highway. By 8.30, he was usually finished and he drove home. But that night, Jim was the last to leave. Scary. Did, did you ever run into this when you were working in the mall, Anna? Yeah, if you were leaving and you were by yourself, you would have to wait until a security guard could walk you to your car. Because as we've talked about before, crimes happen in the mall parking lot. It's They do. It's the Especially nexus of all crime. 
Yeah, that. What is it about that? I, it's just anyway. I think it's big. It's big, know. but it's wide open and well lit. So I'm like, why would crime happen there? I guess because it's at the end of the day, there aren't any people there. So maybe if you do but, crime in a mall parking lot, please reach out. I know we are a huge part of our demographic. Are um are crimers, crimers, uh, suburban crimers, crimers and schemers. Um, <laughs> we and Andrew and I maybe we're interested. Maybe we want to get maybe started. Maybe we are. Uh, by the time by the time Jim got out to the huge parking lot, it was almost empty. Very scary. Mm. The only sounds were cars in the distance and his footsteps on the pavement. Suddenly, a man stepped out of the shadows. Hey, mister, he called in a low voice. He held out his right hand and balanced on the palm was the long, thin blade of a knife. Jim stopped. Nice, sharp knife, the man said softly. Don't panic, Jim thought. Don't run, Jim told himself. Nice, sharp knife, the man repeated. Just give him what he wants, Jim thought. The man came closer. He held the knife up. Cuts nice and easy, he said Mm. slowly. Jim waited. The man peered straight into his face. Hey, man, only three dollars, two for five. It's a nice present for your mama. Uh, no thanks, Jim said. She's already got one. And he ran for his car. The end. The end. No questions asked. Perfect story. Next. (laughs) What the hell? I will be taking no questions. Don't ask me. I'll freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So this one feels like, um... (laughs) Something that would be emailed to you by your grandmother's half-brother. <laughs> and then it would end with, God bless Kellyanne Conway. Like, for some reason, you'd be like, what? You'd Who be like, this I, for? Do I have to respect you? I can't tell. <laughs> What's the rule? <laughs> this does feel, it's like, so this is like more of like a fun gotcha anecdote. Um. But Anna, I'm going to send you a link to the illustration. Oh, which... uh, you don't have to. It's in my mind forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, this illustration. Okay. Anna, could you could you maybe break it down for us? Um, I, I should look at it, actually, because it's in my head. It's a man with a, a giant eye that's popping off his head. Correct. Um, oh, thanks. A sort of um, root, like a... Uh... Uh, ginger root shaped head, I would describe it. Yeah, his nose. He's he's got like a big. Okay, so his his left eye is plorping off his head, almost like ET. Yeah. Oh, it is very. It is. It's like ET's creepy uncle. Yeah, his ET's grandmother's uh, husband. What was it? Stepbrother. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, and he's got a lump on his head that comes out of his shaggy, nasty hair. And his hair sort of looks like, I'll say it, graveyard grass. Wow. But it's dark. Um, it almost feels like the sort of posters they'd hang in Ellis Island. Uh, like, just like, oh, I don't think anyone looks like this, but maybe you have like a problem with someone. Like, it's real big hook nose. Yeah. Um he's got no lips of which to speak, um but his smile goes um from side of head to side of head. 
Mm-hmm. He's got a shabby peacoat on and like a horizontal striped button down shirt with a very sloppily tied black tie. Like you can see the under tie, the little thinner part of the tie. Yes. Sort of sticking out next to the, the tie tie. So we are to interpret that this man sucks, I guess. Right. <laughs> and he, then oh, go ahead. he is well enough to understand how to tie a tie. He knows what you should dress like when you're doing sales, but he right. sucks at it. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, and then uh, in the center, he's holding uh, a, a bright light in the shape of a, a knife. And it's got like God light coming out of it. Yes. That extends all around the whole frame. It in a, It looks to me as though... A character artist at uh, like an off-brand theme park who has swallowed a cup of bath salts like it has not been absorbed normally. Yes. And he sat someone down and said, do you like knives? And they said, what? And then this is the picture they got. (laughs) They were like, I said skateboard. (laughs) Um. Yeah, he also, I should say, I should expand. The nose is such a moment, and I have to say that it does look like, if you've seen pictures on the internet of, like, a carrot that looks like a penis, <laughs> like, that's what his nose looks like. You're, the illustrious world of carrot penis on the internet really does strike a chord with this I picture. know that, like, carrot lady legs making vagina is sort of, like, the, the number one. Yeah. But this is like a close two. I like the one of the starfish who looks like it's like tired of your bullshit. Have you seen that one? No. It's a starfish with its <laughs> hands on its hips against the edge of a aquarium. And it just really does look like, well, what did I tell you? Like, if you bought that big, nice TV and we're playing with a baseball in the living room, it, the baseball is going to hit the TV. So... <laughs> And and you don't have a job because you're three, and I do. And now I get to buy another TV. Oh, I see it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it just it just strikes me like. Oh yeah, big time. This is this is me. Um, this is my mom when I when I tried wearing a non button down shirt to church for the first time. Like this is me walking out of my bedroom and being like, "It's a nice shirt," and her being like, Mm-mm. "No, that's a polo, not for God." <laughs> Um, but yeah. So, okay. So, you know, we get this combo of the illustration and the story itself. Um, I think you and I are both in agreement. This is a very bad sales technique. Yes. I, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have more than one thing. It can't be a thing. Um, it needs a, it needs a case. If someone's going to invest money in something they already have, like a knife, it needs to be a, a collector's item. Right. Um, you got to connect with the person before you say what the product is. Um, I, I do have a theory though. Wait, hold on a sec. Oh, sure. Jason, can you come in here? So Jason, boyfriend of the podcast was in sales for a little while. That's right. Yes. He sold cell phones and I'm going to see if he can help us, um, figure out this. I love having an expert on the pod. So, um, we're doing the. Scary story with a guy that sells a, a knife. Do you know that one? Sure. Uh, where 
he like goes up to a guy. Okay, let's say, okay. Mm-hmm. So Jason, let's say, Jason sold um, software and um, phones. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? That, that's fair. Okay, so um, let's say you're in a mall parking lot at night mm-hmm. and all you have to sell is one knife mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a case or anything and there's a person walking alone, another man. Uh-huh. How, if you had to sell the knife... <laughs> How would you go about that? Uh, well, sales is the is based on the principle of need, so you need to find that man's need. Mm. Uh, he's walking alone at night. Yeah, he's terrified. Okay, good. Uh, so you don't lead with the knife. <laughs> uh huh. So the first thing you wouldn't say, it wouldn't be nice, sharp knife. Wait, Andrew, what is the first line that the guy says? Uh, that is correct. It uh, It is, hey, mister, it revealing starts- the knife, then nice, sharp knife. Okay, so he starts with, hey, mister, and then shows the knife and then says, nice, sharp knife. What would your first move be? Uh, as, as the salesperson? Yes. So it, it wouldn't be to talk about the knife. It wouldn't. It wouldn't also be to go the other direction and say, "Hey, I notice you're alone and probably unarmed at night." But that is the need. The need that you're getting at is that he's alone, terrified, and unarmed at night. Uh, and so, I mean, my my first my first approach would probably be something very non-threatening and non-leading, like, "Hey, man, do you mind if I talk to you for just a second? Nothing crazy." Uh, <laughs> That's almost scarier. Yeah, I wouldn't say nothing crazy, but I would just say, hey, do you mind if I talk to you just for a sec? And uh, he might say, sure. He might say, fuck off. And then I might sort of just uh, push my way through and be like, look, uh, I'm a salesperson and I'm I'm almost done for the day. But I really I have one more thing that I need to I need to move. Um, And I think it's something you might really uh, find useful. Uh, and then you say what, whatever, and then yeah, then that's when you say, um, I have a sharp knife in my pocket that I'd like to sell you. Just a loose knife. I thought maybe you'd think this was cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, do like think... I feel like the pitch is self defense. Uh, First of all, this is like, oh, this is proof that Jason is an incredibly yourself. good salesperson because I do find myself suddenly like I'm still not sure whether I'm being mugged or not in this exchange. <laughs> but I'm much more likely to not run away. I feel like in this exchange, I'm like, you know what? Regardless, I'm just going to buy this knife, you know? Yes. Yes. I Yeah. Just, just buy the safe. knife just to be safe. Um, yeah. Jason, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Jason. You. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to have that insight is very valuable. And this is, you know, this is listeners. This is why you come to us, you know? Because it is primarily a scary pod, but also it's a it's a pod about um, salesmanship. Big time. Yeah, we're all this is a big lead up to a multi-level marketing. <laughs> I OK, so first of all, yes, that's a much better um, marketing technique. Yeah, that's I have a theory. Though. The first thing I think about. OK, yes, go. My theory is. This man with the knife was planning on mugging or stabbing <gasps> Jim. Oh. But then suddenly kind of came to his senses in the moment. And then had to like backtrack and be like, um, this is for sale. Do you want it? You know, like, because he has one knife. It's not like he's revealing a coat full of knives, you know? Um, 
And also, what what was he thinking waiting till the very end? Unless, unless this man has been selling knives in the parking lot all day. It's the end of the day and he's got one knife left. That's another possibility. Yeah, I like that. I like that he's sold other knives. Right. Um, I mostly feel bad for this dude. I know. So I was hired to work for Cutco and then quit when I realized what it was. Um, and I didn't know this. Yeah. So I thought I had a job interview and then I got there and there were like 15 other people who are all like named Giovanni Matthew just on Long Island. Just like kids I went to high school with who like I had never spoken to at all and like in suits and it was me like in a dress. And then the person just we didn't even know what it was for, but it was for knives and it was like. Oh, cool. I could sell knives. That seems neat. And then they started talking about like, you have to have a party or like go to all your friends. Oh, no. It's multi-level marketing. Yeah. So, and I was like, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. And I don't want to be a door-to-door knife saleswoman. I can't even drive that wow. good. Um, but, but basically that's a roundabout way to say like, they charge too much for those knives. Right. Right. And like, but the argument is like, oh, well, they're different kinds of knives and you'll never have to buy another knife in your life because these are so good. Do you know who else yeah. sold Cutco knives? Who? Uh, Chriselle Strauss. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember imagining she goes Chrishell, to her. Imagining Chriselle as this knife salesperson Anna, <laughs> is changing everything for me. She wouldn't be able to sell it. None of those fucking people can sell it. <laughs> Um, it's got five handles. Like, no, 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 no. I just see her approaching. Do you like stabbing meat? It's like, what? Do you, what? Hi. Um, yeah. So I'm from the South. Um, and where I'm from, we like our knives sharp. So my goal is to stab you with something that's sharp enough that you'll appreciate it. Appreciate. Um, yeah, Andrew, what's scary about this story to you? Um, empty parking lots are very scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, closing down at work is very scary. Yeah, that is super scary. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. I... You and I are both story pirates, and in New yes. York, we used to be in the drama bookshop, which was uh, the mo- one of the most haunted places I've ever been, and um, <laughs> absolutely just like a two-story, like, just picture a haunted bookshop in the middle of Manhattan, and it was yes. that, a perfect place, beautiful dog who sat on the counter, which is very nice, um, but yeah, anytime you were closing up there, it was like, so great, so the... Um, the uh, light switches are on the far corner of the basement and that will turn off every single light. Um, and then you have to like ask yourself what kind of person you are and if you can do that. And we do this because we love uh, working with kids. <laughs> it would just be like this 
Dark Knight of the Soul walking through the dark, like, oh, oh. I'm surrounded by books and ghosts. Yeah, I think that's scary. I think, like, being out of your element is scary. Um, not being armed when the other person has a knife. Yeah. Also, what? just the concept of being stabbed. One time, weirdly, my friend, our friend Spencer and I went down a YouTube rabbit hole together where we were watching, like, what to do in the event that you're being attacked with various weapons. Oh and um, I'm just picturing the two <clears throat> softest, sweetest men I know watching. A- <laughs> I, know. I know. I don't know how it happened. I really do think it started with like a marmoset video. And then suddenly we ended up there and we were just sitting and watching. Um, but they like go through all these things. And I mean, we're talking like really weird weapons and, and like very severe weapons that like pretty much everything, there is a way to get around it. And then someone in the crowd like asks the person like, what do you do if someone comes at you with a knife? And he was just like, uh, that one you got, I have nothing for you. I'm so sorry. You're, you're going to get stabbed and it's going to be awful. Like it was oh. the, and he was going through all of the things that you would be tempted to do if someone was coming at you with a knife. But the goal is just to get away, just to like truly just run as oh, fast wow. as you can. Interesting. Um, get away. Although he did say that it's very hard to stab people. Huh? Yeah, I guess you sort of need some leverage to get yeah. to get it in. Right. Um yeah, I did I did karate in a school gym as a child for like $25 every 3 months. So, I'm <laughs> and they taught us how to disarm people, but we had it was like our our sensei would come in in his suit from working in the city and like put a duffel bag down there'd be like two or three like rubber knives with the paint absolutely chipped away just use these rubber knives to like okay you fat 12 year olds uh you're gonna push the arm like what i don't think who is stabbing 12 year olds like just in broad daylight you can do i'm sure you could but like there's they're 12 they don't yeah you don't have to stab them personal brand you know you're not like i'm gonna go like unless we're third in line for the throne i don't I don't see why you're stabbing a. You never know, though, Anna. You never know wh- what throne you're third in line for. You know, that is actually. I was inspired by that, which means <laughs> to read a book. But um, yeah, like if someone is stabbing towards you, you push. There will be like somewhere you just uh, step backwards first of all, because you're going in the direction of the blade. Correct. So that way it doesn't come in. And then you, we would use both our hands to push their hand uh, away from their body. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they're coming at you with their right hand, you step back with the left and push their hand so their arm is opening up their body. And then you can, I guess, kick them somewhere to, like, double them over, like, at a pressure point. Um, oh, like, you don't push it across their own body because then they can... Um, recover their balance easier i think or maybe i'm saying the wrong thing please don't use i hope you're not like listening to this podcast while oh god figuring out how to not be stabbed but i don't think i don't think anyone would be remotely confused about our qualifications um in terms of defending ourselves but yeah um yeah i don't know well so so those are the scary things about it for me um i I guess something that I am excited to talk about, though, here is casting. Let's talk casting. We have to talk casting. Yes. Oh, this um, is fun. Who you got? Uh, this one's really fun. What are we thinking? 
Oh God. Um, I can't stop picturing Chitty from the good place simply because I watched Midsummer last night and I feel like yeah. as the stock boy, like he's someone who's like, I just want to do the right thing. Right. Um, he's yeah, like a rules actor. Very rootable for. Yes. Um, rootable. Uh, I also was thinking <laughs> our friend Bowen Yang. <gasps> oh, that's really good. Yeah. Bowen feels deeply connected to mall culture in a way that I think is necessary. I just, um, I, I just really, I, and it's funny. This is something that both um, William Jackson Harper, who plays Chitty and Bowen have in common where it's like, you trust these people to process things in a way that is more intelligent than what you would do. Mm, and, mm-hmm. and when you see them struggling, then you're really like, uh Oh, then you're like, you know? I'm effed. <laughs> that is how I feel. Um, um, and then what so do we smart. think for a knife salesperson? Knife man, this is good. Um, you know, I'm not saying we're going to cast Danny DeVito. I'm saying his face might be on the wall. Oh, yeah. Um, I think in Andy Circus. Although wow. he's quite hot now. What I, happened? That, I got really shamed when I when I said how hot um, he was in Black Panther. And people were like, what? Why is he so... Who ordered? Who ordered 190 pounds of hot... Andy Circus, a man who plays um, ping pong ball on stick. That was his original type. Who said we need him to be hotter? Who said that? It is. I think something I just have to know about myself too is if someone has if someone has big forearms, it's over. <laughs> it's over. That's the sluttiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it just. This is I, good. I, I can overlook a lot if you've got big forearms. I just will. I, I and I need to know that about myself. And this is good. I'm not proud this is of it. good. This is good. That's really um, true. Yeah, Andy Circus. I mean, certainly, certainly, Andy Circus adds maybe a bit of um, <laughs> titillation in that role, which could be exciting. Uh, Danny DeVito certainly. It's it's kind of like. Are Danny DeVito and Steve Buscemi going to fight it out? Oh, interesting. I I don't know. I like the idea of someone being like slightly unnecessarily hot in this role because I do think that that's scarier. Because what yeah. what are um what are men in a parking lot more afraid of than not being straight? <laughs> that's very true. Stock boy feels like straight, and wow. then like a hot man. That's more threatening than a scary looking man. I think that is that's um that's like if Pennywise. If Pennywise was really going to terrify a straight man, just be in an empty parking lot and have someone go like, well, hey, look at you with your nice haircut. You know? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> uh, I need to drown myself now. <laughs> we all float. Well, I don't want to float. <laughs> I feel um, like I'd know if I floated by now. I feel good about that casting. Okay, good. I also think there's something interesting here. We're used to seeing a lot of of these stories that prey upon um, the very real fears of like uh, uh, women being mm-hmm. stalked in empty places. Yeah, especially like urban environments. Like yes. a girl in the city, huh? No, stay home. Stay Bake home, corn. girl. Bake um, corn, girl. <laughs> But it's interesting to see that trope switched up a bit. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's I agree. even a world in which in which the knife salesperson is like a mysterious woman, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a Rebecca Ferguson for sure. <gasps> wow. Oh, that's um, good. But you know what it reminds me of? Like you bringing up the uh, men in danger trope. Like it is sort of rare. It reminds me of such things happen with Addie Fitch and the driving the yeah. knife into the tree. It also... Like just this idea of a man being like, I'm in danger, but what do I, how am I going to, what's going to happen? And then also the bed by the window, like helpless men, I think is a a trope that it's not super common in this. It's also similar to the appointment uh, with the truck, grandson, take the truck to the city, get away from death, like the inevitability of death. Um, yeah, that's all. Yeah, just sort of putting it in um in in conversation with those. If you want to go in and maybe have yourself a little bit of a, a little a little film festival, but for stories. Oh, yeah, a short story festival. I like maybe. That. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm into this casting. I think this is an. Uh, these stories. I'm always very fascinated within this, uh, collection of folklore because it is about um. Uh, like real urban and suburban fears. Yeah, that's true. Anna, did something spooky happen to you this week? Um, Something spooky happened to me this week in that I watched Midsummer, which I talked a little, a little bit about on the oh, feed yes. drop. I want to talk about it a lot. And uh, I really liked it. Yeah. And it's scary. Yep. Um. I deeply want to see Hereditary, but it is like everything about what scares movies to me. And like yeah. some of the imagery from the early parts of Midsummer scare me a lot that I think about when I go to the bathroom at night. Right. Um, when she's in the bathroom and she oh. sees her sister behind her, that was very scary. Oh, was that her sister? I thought that was um, Redhead Girl. Interesting. I, I think I think, I think you're been right. Like, it might have like been a synthesized version of the two because it was like she's she had taken the mushrooms or the right. hallucinogenics. And so maybe that was. Yeah. Yeah. Daytime horror always scares daytime me. Here. More. Daytime horror yeah. always scares me more, I think. And you know what scared me, too, is that afterwards I felt like watching a YouTube video that explained the movie, which is a thing that I've inherited <laughs> from Jason's culture of watching YouTube videos that explain movies. <laughs> or not explain movie, discuss movie, discuss the themes. Yeah. Um, and scared me that I my culture has shifted. Andrew, did something scary happen to you this week? Um, yes. Oh, yes. I also watched a scary movie on Shudder oh. called um, Host. So, so Shudder's that, like, again, this isn't a sponsor thing, um, but Shudder's that scary movie streaming service, which to, they have, like, some good stuff. Um, it's a lot of kind of schlocky things and B-movies. If, if you're into that, um, then I think you'll love it a lot. And there are some classics. But <clears throat> Host is this movie that was shot over quarantine over Zoom. Oh. Ooh. And it's, I mean, to me, it sounds like initially, like, big eye roll. Like, I don't think I'm going to like this. Um, and actually it is, it is a perfect scary movie. That's great. And that's not the host. No, the ho- no. no so the host it, is from before. Yeah. This is just host. It is also in a, Oh, like zoom. Yes. Uh, is it, um, 
is a ghost or it's, do you know? So it's, it's, I won't, well, okay. I'll say this because this is not spoiler. It's seance. It's like, <gasps> and so, yeah, the, the gist of it is like um, a, a group of friends are zooming with each other and they've hired a medium to hold the seance over zoom. <sighs> and the best part, Anna, the movie is 55 minutes long. <laughs> and honey, that should be how long every movie is. Honey, you've got a big storm coming. Yeah, it is. It is really perfect. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. The actors are all really great. Uh, it's like just the right amount of fun. You're not going to feel like garbage after you watch it. But I okay. did cry out several times in watching it. Um, Andrew, let me not- ask you this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no please. Um, knowing what you know about what scares me about movies, do you think I could handle host? I do because you would never put yourself in the situation that these characters are in. But I might. Andrew and I, we almost hired a dog psychic uh, recently. <laughs> which, we did, but that's different. But we would have zoomed in a psychic. That's the same thing. But I but I think that's that's tapping into a different like also I don't think I would ever do a seance sort of thing just because being raised Catholic, I, my brain is already <laughs> wired that way. So yeah. like, I'm just not gonna, um, I, I would say though that like, I would, if, if I was ever forced into a situation where I was doing that, I would not be the person making jokes about it, which I think is like part of the problem oh, got in it. this movie. No, we'd um, never do that. Would never do that. And, and I think the other nice, the other kind of nice thing about it is, um, it is, here's, here's what I think, Anna. I think if you were to watch it, you should watch it during the day, you know? Okay. Um, and, and I think something that I do and I have been known to do is sometimes I just put it on mute It like, I'll watch and I'll put it on mute just to like, yeah, that does help. Yeah. Turn on the subtitles and that's what's good. That's how it works. That really that helped me watch um, violent stuff, like when it's like squishy, plurpy, oh, bloody stuff. The foley is always the problem for me. Always worse because looking at something, you can be like, "That doesn't look real," but if you hear it, you're like, "I don't know what ear going through asshole sounds like." And I hate hearing screams and people in pain. Yeah, that sucked for me, especially like yeah. dogs being like, wah, wah, wah. "I'm like, no, be happy." <laughs> Also, Anna, I think when this uh, episode airs, it will be the first day of fall, I think. Uh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> mm. Oh. Um, so, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Thank you uh, for joining us. Be well or not. Yeah, you know, your go choice. Go get yourself some pumpkin spice eye contact. And, um, yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Get, get out. out forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>